called Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzle cast, welcome back for another episode of the Awkward Controllers video game talk plus with my guy Ethan, aka L underscore Fedorable. Ethan, I must have been doing something right today because you were at my place for hours fixing uh, the computer and you still wanted to do a podcast afterwards. So uh, whatever I'm doing, I hope I can repeat this in the future. (laughs) I'm just getting it out of the way so you don't plug me later. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. It was like when I got my my camera set up to do my board game stuff. I'm like, eh, I'll record one more. I've got the whole setup. Yeah, that's that's basically you, you, your handling of, of of our friendship. But um, exactly. I appreciate it, man. Um, I'm very excited about both the audio, video, and gaming possibilities of the rig. And uh, we seem to have some 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 good luck today. But you you really worked hard. Um, so guys, we're gonna go right into video game topics uh, this week for Awkward Controllers number sixteen. We are recording on May twenty fifth. 2019 uh really quickly though ethan um start on a personal note when did you um either assemble or like seriously mod uh your first computer um and and if you can recall what that experience was like because i remember even though mine was like 25 years ago i still remember that first time i i opened it up and threw some stuff in there Do do you remember your first experience like really modding a computer yeah so i was given by my father, uh, the old, his old Windows XP machine. Reverend Kirk. Which still had, yeah, which still had, uh, this, it still had a, oh, uh, it, uh, it still had a ribbon cable sound card inside of it. Yep. Um, that was my first install as well. And, uh, the first thing we did, uh, we, the first time we've tinkered around with it, was we upgraded the RAM inside of it. We 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 added we went from two to four gigs of DDR2 memory. Uh, so that's where we started. And then uh, a friend of mine had built a PC the summer before. And then I was like, okay, well, guess it's time for this. Uh, and so to one up my friend, I had to also build a better rig than him. Yep. So um, that's where I started. I started in freshman year. Uh, put the thing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the that was the beginning. That was the beginning. Of that that's the yeah. that's the rig you have yeah. that that you're running right now. It's, it's yep. that rig. It's that chassis. It's that. Yep. Uh, not that same motherboard, but it's, that, it's it's that same processor. Yes. So yes, you you were extremely surgical. Uh, covered all the bases. Um, but ultimately, man, just as a nerd topic to start, we'll get into Call of Duty down with some other topics. The the cooling gel that you used, I'm assuming that's not a brand new product, but when I, I was younger, I don't remember that being something people were using a lot, but computers also weren't overheating to the same extent then. What's the deal with this gel stuff? Am I just an old man? No, as, as, as far as I understand, like that that's just been on computers in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it does it come for, in, in computers? Uh, it comes on stock fans. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you've ever, if unless you've, in, if you've ever bought your processor separate from the motherboard, right, it would have come on that fan. Yep. Um, but if you've built your, if you've all, if if you've ever bought your unit, a, any computer you buy today, yep, phones, tablets, right. laptops, right fucking smart uh 
alarms, like it's got that stuff on it because uh, it's it's uh, pr- the processor in a device runs so freaking hot. First of all, it's it's the default is Celsius, so you know it's hot, but it it, it runs so hot that you the the CPU needs to have a source of heat dissipation Mm -hmm. and a fan is not enough you need to get the heat off of the device and put it into the fan immediately that way the heat dissipates faster uh because if you don't what you run into is your like you boot it up and the temperature climbs so rapidly that you can't dissipate your heat in time if you're doing anything so so uh, it, 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 it is a modern issue but it's also it's been like that for a long time. So how do do, so you and I are both high end phone users because we use it for tons of stuff. Um, you like the razor. I of course, am you know, always on the newest iPhone. The XS is spectacular. I'm doing, well, I could be doing 4k 60 frames, except there's no point for YouTube. So I'm, but the 1080 30 or 1080 60 I'm doing is absolutely flawless. Looks as good as any multi-thousand dollar handheld cam. And the microphone mixes my voice so professionally without me doing anything while I have a, on my computer. I need to run a $300 mic through a bunch of filters and do a bunch of editing, uh, to make it sound good. My phone just does it and it gets a little warm. How are they doing this on these mobile devices? Were there so, is it just because they focus on a couple areas to be very powerful in and and so it's not as like um uh overwhelming to the device video and sound Uh, specifically right i mean i can't speak for the razor you like gaming but video and sound has always been ahead of the curve with the iphones and that's been one of the big selling points i'm not sure how they do it well for one it's it's, the high-end samsung's it certainly is a feat of engineering, right? Uh, that, uh, but uh, I, I mean, it, it's the it's the way these devices are constructed. Yeah. Um, that they are able to do all these things. Right. Um, it's it's just a matter of time as we shrink old technology into our phones mm-hmm. or modern technology into our phones. And that, that's really what it is. It's just the, the miniaturization of mm-hmm. modern technology. Yeah. That's all it is. That, that that's how they do it. Um, I can't specifically speak on how they do it. Yeah. Well, I, just that's, that, that's not really my field. But sure. Th- th- that's the idea is that you, you, you take, you take, it's always, always been with, with this type of technology. Right. Uh, and Moore's law. Yep. Right. Like, the first computer was a giant ass thing built in a room. Yep. And now it's less than it. Sometimes they can be less than two inches in width and, uh, a couple le- less than a foot in length. Right. right? Like, right, right. So it, it, it's just how that stuff works. Yeah. I remember, uh, you know, with, with the iPhone really breaking out about 10 years ago and then the iPad and really in 2012, it's like the breakthrough year for the iPad and then obviously other smartphones and tablets. Um, but I remember thinking uh, and talking with, uh, 
other Power Mac users back then about how this could be bad news uh, for our computers because it just seemed like more and more money in terms of percentage of Apple's earnings were going to come from portable devices. And that is indeed the case, but they have still been producing computers that when they work and are serviced properly are still extremely powerful for what they are, even if they're a little expensive. The new iMacs, not even the iMac Pros, just like the $2,000, 27-inch, 5K, 5 gigahertz, whatever, but you know, base model, basically that they have are, are great for stuff like this, like podcasting, video casting, audio editing, music editing, etc. Blah, 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 blah. But what's happened, man, is that they've been innovating using the iPhones and iPads and then using that technology other than the touch, but the inner technology in, in computers. I'm wondering if that's why the Microsoft Surface has been so much better than maybe people would have predicted. Um, and we have a lot of like good, like cheap, but fairly powerful laptops out there as options for people in the PC market as well, as they can compress it you know as we've talked about and then we'll move on i would rather have an extra pound on my laptop with better specs for less money you know i mean you've you've seen my macbook pro plenty of times it's sexy as hell and when it's closed you can barely see it but who cares you know like i'd rather have a little bit more power whatever um you've never been a laptop guy although i think you're in the market for one right yeah i'm I'm looking to get a thinkpad but thinkpad uh i I, I mean it, it it, it all just depends on what each person is looking to do with the device. That's why that's what the market that that's why we have such a robust market of various options. Yep. Uh, well, you know what we should do? We should do a, a quickie, but that's very specific about compu- like a, a, a like actual in, informative computer buyer's guide for people. Like, so you've got Mac laptop iMac, Mac Pro, all the different sizes of PCs, PC laptops, surfaces, Chromebooks, etc. And just break down like the top like seven, eight choices uh, yeah. for people. I think that would be very helpful, actually. Yeah. Maybe more practical and helpful than our ramblings <laughs> that go on and are going to start now. Uh, any last thoughts about the PC Master Race? We'll get into video games. If you need a device, do everything. Yeah. Don't have money. Get a Chromebook. You can literally do any basic work function with a one hundred dollar device, and it runs perfectly. And it's Google. And my so can't complain. My counter to that would be pay four hundred twenty five hundred fifty dollars for a ThinkPad that will last you much longer and do much more. Would be my my sales pitch. But anyways, does not matter. Does not matter that a good ThinkPad is literally a third the cost of what my phone would cost if I bought it. My phone would cost thirteen hundred dollars if I bought it straight up. It's unbelievable. Uh, that's why that they could do it. It's so expensive. But moving on to lower technology than our phones and our consoles, I think. Well, I guess Call of Duty, which we're starting with today. I don't even know what the topic is. Uh, I, 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 I think what you had to say was lower technology than our minds can handle. Because that's Call of Duty in a nutshell. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not, not, not pretty enough like Witcher and Horizon where you can forget about the 28 frames per second for most of the time. <laughs> Like yeah. Destiny. I, I never noticed that Destiny is so pretty and smooth. Maybe we'll look at the, uh, the end. So, uh, yours says Coil of Duty or call like Cholera of Duty. Yeah, I spelled it wrong. When, do, when don't I spell it? Your generation in lowercase letters. You're not E.E. E. Cummings. Use capitals, goddammit, youngins today with their lowercase letters. My generation. Let, let's be clear about this. My generation is the greatest generation <laughs> of sentence. Let, let's be, let, let, let me finish. 
You, I didn't even finish. You started laughing. No, because the greatest generation is like a term. I thought you were just going to stop there. Sorry. Go oh, ahead. no. I was being fully serious. Yeah. My generation is the greatest generation of sentence writers there has ever been. My, there's no better generation that can write a sentence better than my can. Mm-hmm. We are also the worst retention paragraph and essay writers there has ever been. I love that you said fully serious. Do you remember in the, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 when Yandu and his sidekick, who's played by Sean Gunn, are in the broker shop and Yandu's just being so weird? And, and the broker's like, I can't tell if you're being serious or not. And, you know, yeah. and this hick accent, Sean Gunn, as Yandu's sidekick's like, oh, he'd be fully serious. Captain got to say something. Oh, man, I hope Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is good. 2 was really disappointing. Anyways, Ethan, speaking of disappointing, you know how I feel about Call of Duty. The problem is the shooting mechanics aren't even good enough to keep me these days, even if I cared about multiplayer only slash zombies or, or whatever the fuck is going on. But I think you have a specific story here with Call of Duty. I'm a bit out of the news loop the last few days with video games. So why is Call of Duty at the top of the list? Because I am always interested in it, even if I remain upset. It's not what it once was. Go ahead. Yeah, so we got a big we got a big news drop the other day. Um, about Call of Duty changing, uh, having a rough development cycle. Uh, and we, we, we've talked a lot about games that have rough development cycles mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast. Uh, and generally speaking, they all end up with pretty bad end products. And so uh, what Activision likes to do is they like yeah. to rotate the Call of Duty IP between three different Dev Studios, it used to be two, now it's three. Um, so Infinity Ward, who did the Modern Warfare series, Treyarch, who does the Black Ops series, and Sledgehammer, whose games are mounting to two, which was Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, the one with Kevin Spacey, before Kevin Spacey was Kevin Spacey, and... Uh, I still love his movies. I'm sorry, people. I'm just being honest. I know he's a horrible, sleazy, terrible human being. So, um, normally what they do is they like to cycle it between studios. That way, the game still is fresh. There's not burnout with their employees. and da, 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 da. That's what they like to do. We found out that this... That Sledgehammer, along with uh, Side Studio, Raven Studios, has been working with Sledgehammer on this next installation, uh-huh. and they are having a rough time. And it was Can dropped you, that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I just to want to point out you, you you skipped very quickly past Infinity Ward. I want to point out the following: Infinity Ward, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two. Modern Warfare 3, Ghosts, which I think is the most reminiscent of the old school Modern Warfare games, the new games, and it's underrated, and Infinite Warfare, which has its moments. And Ethan, as we, as you and I know, but we should not assume the Bizzlecast listeners know, a bunch of years ago, Infinity Ward left to found... Respawn. Yes. Jedi Fallen Order. I hope it's good. Their other games have been great. Maybe we'll get back to the Infinity Ward thing. So they're not making games. So it is just two. Or, or are they still making the games? That's where you lost me there. They're still making the games. Okay. Yeah. But, but they're I, just... I, 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 I said they made the Modern Warfare games. Okay. So, so, here's, so here's what's happening. So Treyarch, Treyarch just released Black Ops 4. That was the recent Call of Duty. Ah, uh, I got So you. Next, next, next in the lineup would have been Sledgehammer Games to create this next Call of Duty. And so what, happen, what has happened is Sledgehammer working with Raven Studios... 
uh, is having a real rough time making this game. And so Activision comes in and says, okay, here's what's going to happen. Treyarch is going to take over this game. And so it's interesting because, one, Activision will trust Treyarch enough to take over the remnants of this broken game because Sledgehammer and Raven couldn't get the job done. And so for the first time in a very long time, Call of Duty is going to be releasing in the spring. I don't think, if, if not ever, I, I can't remember if a Call of Duty has been released in the spring. Uh, because Call of Duty has always been one of those games that has defined the end of the year quarter four rush of Christmas and lots of games being released and the FPS uh, time of the year and da 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 da. So it's it's just it's just an interesting switch up that for the first time in a long time we're not getting a Call of Duty every year. Can can I just point something out? Sure. If you ask people who are really into shooters to put up the two Titanfall games in Apex against all the Call of Duty games that were released during that time, I think I know who would win the uh, sort of average rating between those two sets of companies. I'm just saying. Compare the companies or compare the games? No, I'm saying... So, okay, so Respawn, they left, what, 2011, 2012, 2010, whatever. Titanfall, 2014, 2016, Titanfall 2, and then Apex Legends earlier this year out of nowhere, blowing away the big hype games like, uh, I even forget what it's called, uh, and now they're making Jedi Fallen Anthem, and now they're playing uh, making Jedi Fallen Order. I'm saying from 2014 to 2019, with Titanfall, Titanfall 2, Apex Legends, what three Call of Duty games would you put up in a head-to-head in terms of quality, uh, in terms of actual quality? I, I, mean, I think the Respawn guys left for a reason, especially because they were arguably making the best Call of Duty games. I could be wrong about that. I mm-hmm. know people love Black Ops. I would arguably say... I, I would say the Call of Duty franchise would win that, that battle, but... Just terms of quality, because that, just terms of quality. Just not not commercially, not visibility. Like just in terms of like, I love good shooters. This was this was the better shooter, 2014, 2016, whatever. Again, Call of Duty would win that fight, but okay. it's also a no. It's also a, in my mind that's a no contest as well, for two reasons. One, because not enough people. So more people will play the Call of Duty game every year. Uh, and the problem is, is that Titanfall 1 was praised for being good, but also everyone despised it because there wasn't anything to do with the, in that game. It got boring very quickly. And in Titanfall 2, it got undershafted by EA because they put it out in the same month as Battlefield. So no one played it. Um even though everyone who has played it says it's great and most like most people say it's fantastic. Even Jim Sterling is like, yeah, that campaign in this game is great. So it as far as shooting is concerned, both games have fantastic shooting systems. Call of Duty's Call of Duty shooting system is Call of Duty shooting system. It's never bad. It's always very good and I enjoy shooting guns in that game. Right? Like it People give Call of Duty a lot of shit 
for like being the same thing every year, but it's hard to not be the same thing when you, this thing you already have is good enough gameplay wise. I, I'm not sure um, any like real serious shooter people online that would follow who would put a recent Call of Duty game over Titanfall 2. Um, but that could be snobbery. Four, four, I, mean, I mean, four, ex- with the exception of all of its microtransaction bullshit, is very. Four? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Black Ops 4. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Black, Black Ops 4. 4. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I would I would certainly put four in the category of Titanfall two. No, I know it's more it's more a narrative thing of like I listen to all these video podcasts and like Titanfall and Apex just keep coming up. Um, you know, even Overwatch doesn't come up. The people I listen to at least almost ever. I mean, Destiny comes up way more. Um, I want to add, Ethan, uh, that in 2014, I actually didn't know this, Dig Asmussen, who was an executive at Sony Santa Monica on God of War, uh, joined um, the Titanfall team, but then was reassigned to another project, which turned out to be Jedi Fallen Order, which he is heading mm-hmm. up right now. They also are developing an exclusive first-person shooter for the Oculus Rift for later this year as well, supposedly. But more impressively, Ethan... Two things I didn't know about their acquisition by Electronic Arts. Um, uh, one is, uh, respawn that is, one is it wasn't until November 2017, so a year and a half ago. And the other is it was for over $300 million, including $151 million in cash up front and at least another $150 billion in equity. For, for a company that only put out Titanfall, Titanfall 2, after breaking away from Activision, that is very impressive. I got to give EA props for poaching essentially poaching them because they probably had a non-competitive clause on top of everything and they still made Titanfall 2 before they were even acquired. That's very impressive. Uh, and that's why I would have Wait, to guess, thought- Ethan, on pure, sorry, on pure speculation, I bet you the Apex team was bigger and the budget bigger than, than we have let know. Um, they just weren't sure what was going to happen with it. But, if, you know, to be such a success so quickly, they must have had a, a great big team with, with Bucks on, on Apex after all that investment in the company because that was the first product they put out once they were acquired. Go ahead. We, we could debate we could debate about like budgets and stuff like that all day. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's so it's 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 hard to know. No, it, it's it hard is, to know. It is, it is. But me, as someone who used to love shooters and now doesn't play much because I, they feel so samey, I play Destiny two or Titanfall two, and the controls are silky smooth. And Call of Duty yeah. isn't. And for the older Call of Duty game, that makes sense because you're using old weapons and stuff, and you're simulating right. war. That's sort of the point. I'm. I'm down with that, but the sort of cinematic, really quickly, man, sort of the cinematic nature of the modern warfare missions while I played them two, three, four times each through those short campaigns, you go back now and it's like, okay, I get it. You know, it's not, it's not such a big, you know, I'm a single player guy, like 95% of the time on almost anything. Well, it comes to shooters playing things like destiny and borderlands i'm starting to realize i don't really care about the campaign that much in in these situations i guess or i just want bloody hell shithole like uh but fun as hell like uh like doom yeah i mean doom 2016 destiny 2 titanfall like they're, they're apex they're all examples of the modern fps uh i mean Budgie was ahead of the curve for a long fucking time on that in that field. 
Um, Which is an interesting like, comparison, by the way, dude, real quick to Respawn. Is that Respawn, when they freed themselves from Activision, they also could have gone independent, but instead they went to EA. It's interesting they took those paths. Yeah, I mean, it's po- I don't know I don't know the financials, but it's possible that they were uh, they either received the deal that they didn't yeah. want to pass up, or they were going to get shut down. I mean, so look when you're when you're essentially two guys at respawn uh, <laughs> with um, uh, what what are their names? I had it right here, Jason West and Vincent Pella, and you're offered three hundred million dollars to make any games you want, basically. Uh, with 150 in cash when it's you and a couple of people from your team it's hard to turn down that money and again Jedi Fallen Order in addition to the Star Wars influence will be an interesting experiment to see if EA is really letting some of their uh, high 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 level talent studios be more independent and sort of the opposite of what happened with, with Anthem right Anthem had plenty of freedom I'm not yeah. Right, 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 but I'm talking about also the lack of pressure. Like, I think part of the success of Apex was because of the lack of hype. So much hype before Anthem, so much hype before Fallout 76, so much hype before uh, Overwatch, you know, and so forth. I mean, they were already trying to, like, sell Overwatch teams before the game was even released. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm wondering if Respawn... I mean, let's put it this way. <laughs> For an EA Star Wars game, Fallen Order is so under the radar. I, I-, I think that's very smart. I'm not saying it's going to turn out good, but good or bad, them just shutting their mouths not making big promises like follow like that douchebag from bethesda or the other douchebag with no man's sky promising the world and it being shit upon release i like that they're keeping their mouths shut and just working on the project and they've got a release date and they're going to release it i'm very impressed so what 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 does this new what does this new call of duty stuff mean for the future or are we sort of in an assassin's creed situation of just one a year some are good some are less good although assassin's creed seems to be an upward trajectory i don't know if i can say that about call of duty i'll leave that to you I, it, it's it, it's weird right so i mean call of duty is in one of those unique situations where it is the most consistent high grossing ip in the gaming world where you release one every year and it makes five hundred million dollars. FIFA. Uh, okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Uh, yep. It, it's 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 the most consistent selling shooter in the industry. Um, yes. So it, it's it's it. There, Activision gives that IP so much life because of how they have it set up, where you prevent burnout by just giving the IP to three different head studios every year. And so each studio has three years to make their call of duty game. Um, it's a brilliant plan and they do it perfectly because people still buy it every year and it continues to make $500 million every year. So Mm. it it makes a lot of sense. Here's the other big piece of news coming out of this. That was just confirmed the other day. Speaking of blast from the past and all our call of duties, Take a guess about what you think this Call of Duty is going to be named. Do you think it's going to be called Black Ops 5? Or, since it's made by Treyarch, or do you think it's going to be called something else? I, I, I have no idea. I, I, don't, I don't know how the politics of Call this of Duty is, this is This is the actual name for the next Call of Duty. Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. Yeah. Yeah, it's like calling the Star Trek reboot Star Trek, and not Star Trek it, 10. <laughs> for, for, for those who do not know, yeah. 
the that was the good. jumping off point, the, the the Call of Duty, the the Call of Duty release that was considered the the well most well known, if not one of the greatest Call of Duties ever, um, was called it. The title was Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare. So yes, you have Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare, and you have Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Sure, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Terminator, ninety number ninety three. It's just all the recycling, the same nonsense. It's just, it's, it's just. Look, I played, I played, I played back through with PlayStation Plus when I had it last month. A bunch of Modern Warfare one, and you know that's the roughest. So this isn't the best comparison. Two and three are much better than one, Um, but nevertheless, it felt so old and formulaic, uh, even with the supposed remaster. The funny thing is, man, is I used to play all the Modern Warfare games. And then I played The Last of Us. But the thing is, because The Last of Us is Naughty Dog and is so story driven, in my brain, I always sort of remember it as a third person shooter. I know it's a first person shooter when it's not cutscenes, but it's so much narrative that it almost feels like a third person shooter that you just happen to be shooting first person, sort of like in Battlefront, you can switch between third and first uh, and so forth. By the way, they should add that to Destiny. I mean, why not? Just for fun. I, I, with this, I, that's half the reason I use the sword, is so I can be in third person. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm not really a shooter guy or take something special like destiny Two. I don't see myself jumping back on the call of duty train anytime soon. Um, uh, just like I don't see myself jumping on the Bethesda train anytime soon. Um, oh, and, and so forth. Uh, but you know, I mean, if they can bring in some new ideas and some new imagination and something exciting, um, I don't know what they're competing with, though, because they're not putting out awesome single-player campaigns that even went through the early Black Ops games and Ghosts and Advanced so Warfare. And, and supposedly doing, this one will have a right, single-player campaign. Well, okay, but Apex is free, you know, and Overwatch is, you know, Overwatch. Uh, but, you know, I mean, e- even these other games, whether they succeed or not, I mean, are, are free or cheap online. You got Fortnite, obviously. You got The Division. Some cost money, some don't. But, you know, they're, they're live service games with huge multiplayer as, as the key thing. Selling a game like it's old school, you know, like you go to the GameStop and pick up Call of Duty just to play multiplayer. So you just said there's going to be a single player campaign, but is it anything Supposedly. more than just a talking point for the press and, you know, introducing people to the various guns and so forth? Like, I hate to be cynical, but I don't know the last great Call of Duty single player campaign. It's been a while. No, and, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is, this isn't, this isn't as, like this isn't meant to be like groundbreaking revolutionary news, like like revelations and like the next great thing, right? This this, this is just news to just point out and say this is a break from the norm, and this is unusual because we had no idea that internally this was happening with a Call of Duty studio. Call of Duty studios are supposed to be these studios that have great uh renown for being for being efficient and for being uh original enough that they can copy paste the same game and put it out every year um and it's 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 just interesting because this this is an insight into this is this is more of an insight into the gaming world for those who are interested because we, we last year Activision laid off 800 employees spontaneously. They laid off a little less than nine percent of its entire workforce, right? Uh, 
and who knows what other stripes Activision has to deal with, yeah. right? This is this is clearly one of the things that, uh, whether Activision was planning it or not, or knew about it or not, this is one of the things that has ha- like happens behind the scenes of the game series. And so it's interesting to see this stuff happen. For how this impacts the Call of Duty franchises, all of a sudden, Black Ops is put uh, the, the tra- Treyarch, the Black Ops studio, is put on heat because now they have to turn around and make a game yeah. seven months with who knows how much availability they have. Yeah, they have all of Sledgehammer and all of Raven Studio backing them up as well. That's a ton of people who work on this game, but they just put out a game. Yeah. They must be burnt out, right? Can- like. It, 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 it speaks to how much crunch is going on in the industry. It speaks to future games coming down the line, mm. and it speaks to it, it, it speaks to what Activision could do later on. What happens if this Call of Duty is awful? How many more staff is Activision going to lay off? As I this mean, Call, Call of Duty, Duty is Four is generally considered awful in terms of mediocrity. Not that it's the worst game ever, but like the lack of any enthusiasm or interest in it, it, it it's clearly a failure in my in my book. Right, but when Call of Duty Four came out, or, there was sorry, not there, Black Ops there wasn't 4. this. Okay, uh, a lot of people still play it. Um, it when Call of Duty when Black Ops Four came out, right, it made five hundred million dollars in the first three days, and that was considered under expectations. Right, the reason Bungie, the reason Activision split from Bungie, the reason why Activision laid off all these employees is because their stock investors weren't happy. The, the 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 this is this is this has potential. This has the potential to be huge in negativity for the game industry. Not that not that Activision getting hurt would be any like would, I, I would I wouldn't be not celebrating that, but I I see potential concern for people's jobs, right? So. Here's the thing, man. They could save money and do better if they. It's what they're calling modern warfare or whatever this is. Re- reboot, Redux. Do a full on frame by frame, not frame by frame, but you know, very deep cleanse of modern warfare two and three to straight up four K. Uh, 60 frames for the next generation combine modern warfare two and three single player and multiplayer and sell it as a single game but like really make it look stunning because those campaigns two. are so good two two is already in production yep two's no, already in production. I, I, it's I'm only sure it player. is i'm just telling what i would do you know yeah i would go the extra mile and hope that's the thing like they they would rather sell 70 percent of potential and be comfortable with that than try and get 80 90 95 percent of potential with a little bit more risk and a little bit more hard work i actually think there's probably less crunch at some of these companies putting out mediocre products every year i mean you know i know the assassin's creed games are getting better and we know ubisoft has a pretty seemingly pretty healthy work environment but they're not making any game of the year contenders over there at ubisoft either as far as i can tell uh and so you know what i mean this is this is where the crunch argument gets difficult because you look at the studios you love and almost all of them seem to have crunch going on so i i don't know what the, the solution is here yeah it, it's it it's, it's, it's just an interesting take right because th- th- when when this when this type of stuff happens all these other things happen and now that the now that we know so many things about the industry, 
we can we can deep dive into further topics like that and yes call of duty is neither mine nor your favorite subject to talk about right right i enjoy very few things about call of duty and you enjoy even fewer um especially the newer ones so it's 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 just an interesting thing and i would if something bad does happen to activision in the next two years i would like to see the domino effect of how this plays into it that's all it'd be interesting that's all um should we move on yeah i got nothing else about call of duty so uh you pick what next um do we want to talk about uh let's leave dauntless for later no let's talk about dauntless now because i know about it because i watch everything that dodger does and she was playing dauntless like a fucking maniac while sam was playing uh oh god what was is he playing pokemon sam was like this it does the most violent games on super hard level stripping like 95 percent of the time the other five percent he just like plays old pokemon games and lets his viewers vote on like naming all his characters and stuff that's what he was doing but dodger was playing dauntless it looked cool she was way in it which she normally doesn't unless she's really into a game so what is this game i i've not heard of so dauntless is a free-to-play uh, Monster Hunter game uh, com- at, uh, coming from a indie dev called Phoenix Labs and they um, go on so they, they've been working on this game for a couple of years and after it came out of beta it uh, let, let me start with this uh, Monster, Hunter ga- Monster Hunter games is a, genre, is a subgenre of JRPGs and they've been popular for a bunch of years uh, there's the Monster Hunter series. I don't. I don't want to get that confused with the genre of game that it is, uh, because there are other games besides Monster Hunter that are Monster Hunter games. Um, but in essence, imagine a JRPG where you dress up a character with a bunch of gear designed to take on one giant ass dinosaur, and then you you use your weapons and kill one giant ass dinosaur to get more parts of that dinosaur and kill it and kill more dinosaurs. Yeah. I'm very unhappy that we've not monster hunted together yet at this. I mean, it's been well over a year and I've got all we can with this game. So we got to do it. I, and I'll, I'll get into how we can in a second. So, wh- so where did this come from? Did you hear about it? Did you see it coming? How does it compare differently to Monster Hunter? Like, give us give us yeah. the the stat sheet rundown, if you were. Yeah. So, I've been I've been I've been following it since the alpha, uh, and they partnered. I don't know if they partnered with Epic Games. Anyway, so it's based on the Unreal Engine. Uh, which, if you've heard me ever talk about it before, it's one of my favorite engines. It's how Sea of Thieves looks beautiful with its giant realistic ocean physics. Uh, it's how Fortnite is able to... It's it's the game Fortnite is based off of... Or, the game. It's the engine Fortnite uses. Uh, and so it looks like Fortnite a lot. It's cartoony like Fortnite. However, it's, it, it's a medieval setting, and it you are running around slaying giant monsters. And so what's incredible about this game is just like Apex Legends, they you release a free game that is a well-quality product 
And all of a sudden, there are 500,000 people who have signed up in the last two days since it came out of beta. Go on. What does that mean? It's incredibly popular. <laughs> so what, 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 are, what are people digging about it? It's, it's, it is essentially a free-to-play Monster Hunter game. That, that's kind of what it is. Uh, Monster Hunter World was a huge success last year. Uh, and it still is a huge success. And in fact, Monster Hunter World is getting a huge expansion to their game. However, uh, this is the first time that a free-to-play Monster Hunter game has ever been like super successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, because You're calling it a Monster Hunter game. Are you just saying it's like a Monster Hunter game? No, 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 no. I, I tried to explain that at the beginning, and then you cut me off. There are a Monster Hunter game is a JRPG subgenre of game where you you're playing a JRPG, but you're going around and you are slaying giant ass dinosaurs for their parts, and then you turn around, craft some armor and weapons with those parts, and then go slay more giant ass dinosaurs with them. That's what you do. I gotcha. That's what a Monster Hunter game is. There also happens to be a video game franchise called Monster Hunter. Yes. Yes, it's not confusing in the slightest. I understand. Oh, not confusing. (laughs) I got it. Um, I get it. Yeah. So. Yeah. uh, It's it's a well-designed Monster Hunter game. And I've, I've, I've played six hours of it already. Like I didn't even know the six hours went by. It's incredibly engaging and fun. Uh, and it works really well for this type of game because, uh, so it's totally free. It's totally free. You don't have to buy anything. It's all cosmetics. There's no microtransactions besides that. There's no pay to win microtransactions. Um, and so you jump in and all of a sudden you're just, you, you, you got, you got all these different weapons you could use and you kill so there's like so, so there's fire dinosaur or there's fire monsters and ice monsters and the goal is to like build fire weapon you kill the fire monster and then you build a fire weapon so you do more damage to the ice monster and then you kill the ice monster yeah. so you can do more damage to the fire monster and then there's all these different elements and you so basically the goal of the game is to get to max like, like you, you build your gear up you build your arsenal up that's kind of like the meta game of the game mm-hmm um, and it's incredibly fun because you have these intense monster fights where these monsters like crazy, cr- they have a crazy amount of health and you have to use some crazy tactics, uh, with you and allies to successfully bring down these monsters. Um, hmm. one of the staples of monster hunter games has always been like this real, th- th- this idea of like real, uh, item, of uh, getting real item off, getting real items off of these monsters. Mm-hmm. So in normal in normal games, like, like in normal RPGs, wow. For example, you kill a monster, it drops some loot and gives you some XP, right? In Monster Hunter, the monsters are so big that you can tell specific details about these things. So if I'm fighting a giant ass uh, owl bear, right, a shrike, uh. I can actually hit it in its face enough that it will drop a beak, the beak of the owl bear. And so, if I need to farm owl bear beaks, I need to feel, I need to hit the owl bear, but I need to specifically hit it in its face enough so it drops the beak. Otherwise, I'm not going to get the beak drop. 
that's one of the big staples of these Monster Hunter games is mm-hmm. you farm specific parts of the monster to build your armor. Yep. Um, and it's incredibly engaging because of that. Yep. Uh, because you're like, okay, I need to manage. Okay, do I need to get uh, behemoth uh, talons and da da et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, Can I... So so the game looks beautiful. It's free to play. Uh-huh. Um, and here... The next great thing. You want to do monster hunts, Jesse. Let's do some monster hunts. It's cross-play. Meaning, you can play on your PS4 and I can play on my PC. Mm-hmm. And we can queue up at the same time and play the same game together. It doesn't matter what piece of plastic you have. You can play with Sony- anybody, <laughs> anywhere. Sony collapsed pretty fast. Once Once the water started going through the damn walls at Sony's anti-cross-play, now they were having a deal with Microsoft. It's funny how, how, how far they've fallen from their principal position of no cross-play. Thank God. It was so stupid to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it, it like, like well, last week I said the technology is there. There's no reason why there is no multiplayer game on this planet that yep. doesn't allow crossplay, right? Yeah. Like this, this is it. This is how game. This this is the this is the dumbest logical step in evolution of gaming, right? Right. Like, like this. This is it. Like you, yep. crossplay should be an expectation, yes. not is a feature. I assume Borderlands will be crossplay. Everyone is hoping for it. Yeah, well, don't know yet. Um, it should be. Well, dude, this is what's so interesting is in some ways, from my perspective, Borderlands is more similar to Monster Hunter in this game because the the small group the, court, mul- the, stock- the small group cooperative multi player experience right it's not just about teaming up for raids like you can do whole sections of stuff um that's what's cool the four right four players on borderlands and monster hunters up to four i believe it's up to four and the game scales based on how many players you have in your party so yep divinity original sin man you can play four player uh co-op as well which is interesting for a (laughs) turn-based semi-turn-based uh uh, you know RPG. This the game I want. The multiplayer game I want is take the following elements: the world building of Witcher, the third person amazing combat of Horizon, the uh, just ex like uh, very slick um, uh, live service ness of something like Destiny, but also having a. a, a crazy big hard thing, uh, bosses and stuff like Dark Souls. So Dark Souls, Horizon, Witcher, but Destiny live service style. That's in third person, but you're actually fighting, unlike in Warcraft. That's what I would want. Um, that would be my ideal. If that, if that game existed, I, I would never do anything else, I think. I, I, I think you're going to dig Dauntless. Cool. And you'll certainly dig Monster Hunter World because yeah. a lot well, of anything Dodger gets obsessed Monster with, Hunter I tend World. to like. Even if I don't end up playing it, she's got great taste. She's got amazing yeah. taste. So, um, yeah. so okay, Dauntless. Okay, um, should I even so, try it on the PC rig, or should I just go straight to the PlayStation? It'll probably run pretty well on the PC. Um, we think it's, now, it would it be smooth enough with the PS4 though, like I like with Destiny, to just kick back a little oh, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. And, and here's We're the thing. I, I, I think those. I think those games are better on oh. controller. I have another question on this for you. What's like the world building hook? 
I, I sometimes forget to ask this question when you introduce these games. Like, what's the world building hook about Dauntless? Is there anything particularly interesting about the world that it that it's in? Uh, not, not like major lore, but like you know, Sekiro is like sword fighting. Cool, you know, like that kind of thing. It's very. Uh, I would say it feels very WoW esque in its introing, like exposition and fantasy world. Ooh, I not, like this. While hunting, it, the game plays as a third-person action game. Player uses a combo system to attack the creature. Uh, hunts can take 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes. Who cares? Horizon hunts can take 20 minutes. Um, up to four people. Okay. 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 Yeah, Epic I, games. I highly recommend everybody tr- check this out. And again, it's free, right? Like, it's free and it's non-invasive microtransactions. Uh-huh. Like, you can't really ask for much more in a free-to-play game at, 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 in this day and age. Okay. Um. Well... Do you, I mean, so, this would lead perfectly into Epic Game Store if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So. All right. So we haven't done a lot of talk about the Epic Game Store here, but there's certainly been a lot nope. of drama <laughs> okay. about uh, Epic Game Store. So current. So for for those who don't know, the Epic Game Store is run by uh, Epic Games. Uh, they they own the Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine Four. It's their proprietary engine, um, and uh, they own Fortnite. And so they own the most popular game in the world, and they own arguably the best engine in the world. And so, based on their recent success, they have created a games launcher uh, to rival Steam. Their, their goal is to become a mega giant like Steam where they don't make money by making video games. They make money just by owning the road to the video games. Um, and so at first it was embraced with open, open arms because Steam has never had any real competition in the PC gaming market space. Um, and now... It, there, there's been a huge riot over uh, the Epic Game Store. Starting so the what people are mostly upset about is the fact that uh, Epic has been to to make their to make their store look uh, featureable so people download it and use it because most if if, if you're a PC gamer you have Steam. And you use Steam mostly. Uh, to get people to download their store and use it, they have been buying exclusivity. Complete exclusivity from uh, other games uh, for, from, for PC games to be on their store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the overwhelming majority of PC gamers are extremely upset about this because uh, the Epic Game Store... Because it's so young, it has basically none of the features that Steam has. Steam is not only a store, but it's a platform. It's a, it's a launcher. It's a platform. It's the road to play your games. You've got mod support. You've got workshop support. You've got a, 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 a whole bunch of in-game community support. You've got reviews. You've got uh, a, a, 
whole list of things that anybody who can tell you that if you've used Steam before, mm-hmm. you expect these things to be integrated into your shopping system. Sure. Right? Um, and Epic Game Store has none of it. Epic Game Store is so feature lackluster, they don't even have a shopping cart built into their launcher. That's how feature lackluster they are. And so gamers are really upset about this. And PC gamers are really upset about this. Uh, what are gamers okay. upset shocker. about? Shocker. Big um, shocker. Shocker. Um, they're really upset about this because it's not true competition. If I wanted, like, ideally, true competition would be put the game on both platforms and the the market decides because who if more people will buy the game somewhere else and right. the game will be more profitable there. Right. Um, now, and so what they have done is they have they have slowly been just grabbed. They've just taken a fat sack of cash for all that money they made from Fortnite and said, "Hey, insert developer here. Would you would you like to accept this money and your game will only be on our platform?" Yes, of course. That's a great idea. Huh. And so, tons of games have been moving from Steam or were to be on Steam. And now we're only on the Epic Game Store. And so people feel that this is obnoxious and ridiculous. Uh, and part of that feeling is true, and part of that feeling is totally ridiculous. Um, huh. So just name a few games that have been poached, as some would say. Um, Metro Exodus was one of the big ones, because Metro Exodus was initially going to have a Steam release, and then... As soon as they got this money, anybody who didn't pre-order the game on Steam would have would have had to have bought it on Epic Game Store. Um, what was uh, the Outer Worlds? Something that I have talked about in the past. Uh huh. Looks incredible. Made by the original Fallout team. Uh, made by Obsidian. Like looks incredible. Poached. Put on the Epic Game Store. Not allowed to be on Steam. Huh. Borderlands Three. Not allowed to be on Steam, even though that game has had a community fostered there, and that game is like always on sale on Steam. Like so many people bought that game because it was on Steam and it was on sale, and what all this? Not allowed to be on Steam at least for six months. Got to be on the Epic Game Store first. And so you have all of these games, and uh, I could name a ton more indie developers who uh, who have basically come out and said, "Yes, Epic approached us. Yes, we took their money." Yes, our game will not be on Steam. And so you have all of these games being uh, exclusive on the Epic Game Store to force people to use that launcher. Uh, a lot of gamers are really upset about this, as I said. Um, from a market perspective, it's fucking brilliant. What are you going to do to get people to come to your house? Close off all the other roads except the one to your restaurant. Right? Like, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, at the same time, it, 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 it clear, it clearly isn't very, uh, capitalist of them. It, it, they aren't letting the open market decide whose launcher should be better. Now, in defense of Epic, Epic does several things right that Steam does not. One, Epic takes less of a cut of every game sold from the developer than Steam does. Steam, I think, takes, I want to say 22%, and Epic takes 18%. 
that's it's it's a pretty generous deal. Um, in addition, um, Epic offers uh, supporter creator codes, uh, and what that is is if if uh, let's say let's say uh, Strippin, right? Strippin is an influencer. If Strippin had uh, if Strippin had an, inf- an Epic Games creator code, and you bought anything on the Epic Games Store, if you plug in that code before you buy the product, Strippin makes directly a direct cut of the money that Epic uh, that, that you gave Epic straight to Strippin, rather than to Epic, because um, that's how that works. Is they feel that influencers help them sell a product. So they give the influencer a cut of the money. Um, very modern thing in this world with Twitch and YouTube and all the other uh, mix, like all the other gaming platforms being such a high um, rate of why people buy games today. So uh, Epic does it, th- those are great things that Epic does. It's just with all the other things, it it they, it kind of balances out for me. Um, so it's. Epic's had a really rough time. And where I'm taking this story is recently Mm -hmm. they just tried to have their first sale. Uh, You're familiar with Steam sales. Yes. Uh, Steam likes to do these massive, massive sales where things go on great sales. and I really take advantage of them, but I I always look at them. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's one of the things that defines PC gaming is you have a massive amount of backlog games that you want to play that are considered great titles that go on for great deals sure. where they're upwards of 10, 15, 20 dollars off, like good deals for these games. Um, yep. And so Epic tried to have its first sale and it failed spectacularly. Yep. Because there was something internally that went wrong and so temporarily uh Basically, every big developer pulled their game from the store in a frantic, oh, we're not certain we're going to get all of our money off of this sale. Yeah, we're going to, uh, yeah, we're going to take that off real fast. Uh, so Epic, it, the Epic Game Store is in a lot of heat, to say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and they got a long way to go if they want to, A, create trust in their brand, and B, uh, not do that again so um we'll we'll keep updated on that uh unfortunately it's one of those hot things where news around the epic game store is haha another game got poached today or Mm -hmm. look at the dumb thing they did um so we'll we'll see we'll we'll see how this goes um obviously i am very much in favor of the better cut to developers thing because that that is the way it should be. Steam should not be taking a shit ton of money from developers. Sure. Um, but uh, hey, any thoughts from you on this? No, no. I'm actually checking out the Dauntless footage right now on Dodgers page. Okay. You're right. This is made for me. I mean, dude, this will look great on the Switch. Uh, 
Yep. I'm I, I, I'm I said the exact same thing. It, it's yep. like World of Warcraft, but you're actually fighting. <laughs> Which, yeah. is, which is super fun. Um, no, I have nothing well, to say. Put- I, I, I have a. You saw my Steam list. I mean, it wasn't that huge, ginormous after all these years. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to keep my computer games separate. I love my real time and turn based strategy games, deep and light. And then I like my, cl- uh, you know, point and click adventure. And then I like my super heady point and click adventure, like the Mist games and Abduction and, and those types of games. So I wait for those games and and you're but like also you like europa universal it's like you need to get dlc to make those games good it's so expensive so when eu4 goes on sale with a bunch of dlc then i'll buy a bunch of stuff um but i'm much more likely actually to make uh what i would call uh from the hip uh impulsive purchases either from like the nintendo 3ds store or the ps4 uh store um because then it's just right on my whatever console and I don't have to worry about installation or anything. I can just play it. You know what I mean? And, um, computer games tend to be less expensive to begin with. Let's, let's be honest. And so in a way you're looking for deals with, with console games, which is weird. Yep. Um, yeah. So it, it, is there a future to the Epic gaming store? I mean, do we really need them is the question. Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean, Steam needs competition. Like, Steam, it, Valve has been just sitting around doing jack all for so many years now That's because they true. just rake in so much money from Steam every year. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, one, I would like to see Valve make video games again. That would be two, nice. Besides, besides running Counter Strike, because sure. all they have to do is run a server that has Counter Strike on it. Right. Um, but I would. They, here's the thing, like, like developers deserve more money and the, the way epic games is running it is uh besides besides the i don't trust you at all team sweeney but uh tim sweeney is the ceo of epic uh comment about he, he made a tweet saying if if steam lowers their dev uh, ups their dev cut to our rate then we will that we'll stop doing exclusives despite the fact that i don't trust tim sweeney at all because he's a ceo um like if that comment is even to remotely be believed, like please, like developers deserve this money, like they just do. Um, it's Steam taking so much more money from, like like Steam doesn't need that money, like that can go to the developer. Um, absolutely. That, that that's just that's just my viewpoint on it. Yep. Um, and honestly, Steam got lazy. Like, someone was going to come around to do it eventually. Yep. Right? I mean, Discord launched their own store. You could you could purchase Discord Nitro, which is a a, uh, a platform um, a, a platform membership to Discord where you get a tiny bit more features and you get access to all the Nitro games. And it's a bunch of indie games that are all super fun and awesome. And they keep adding stuff. And right. they just added the – what did they just add? They just added two Star Wars games to Discord Nitro that you get for free as long as you have Nitro. Right. So, like, Steam, Steam's competition, it, it, was, it was bound to happen. And it didn't have to be epic, but it was. And I like some of the stances Epic takes. It's just they also, you know, don't have a fucking shopping cart yet, even though they're – our lunch has been out for over a year so it's just it's just weird with this kind of stuff um hmm. 
The big thing is cloud saves. Sure. Like, if, if cloud saves aren't out by Borderlands 3, I'm going to be a little upset because yeah. I don't want to lose my save. Sure. Right? Like, cl- cloud saves are just this, like, like crossplay. They are something you should expect to have. I shouldn't have to have, I, I, I shouldn't have to worry about the idea that all of my game data is going to disappear if my computer blows up. We're past that point in technology. Right. We're past it. So, it's it. it we'll, we'll see what the future holds. We'll see what the future holds. I think I think it's good. Um, but who knows? Hmm. By the way, Epic Epic Game Store does offer free games, and uh, you right now for free you can get Rhyme, which is a great um, a great visual platformer. Uh, if anybody's interested, it's normally thirty dollars. So pick it up uh, if you're interested. Word. All right, folks. Well, as we head to the end here, I know Ethan wanted to talk about loot boxes. Uh, politicians sticking their nose in business uh, usually makes me nervous when it comes to video games, even when I theoretically support the cause. Um, and then we're going to run down some other uh, quick news tidbits. So, Ethan, where are we right now in the uh, legislating of the loot box situation? Yeah. So we had a U.S. Senator proposal bill. I forget from which state or party affiliation, but um, it's probably like Wyoming or Hawaii or something. Yeah, something like that. It was Hawaii. I can tell you that. Uh, the Hawaii Senator was looking into it for Battlefront Two, but there was a different. It's a different guy this time. Um, but he's proposing that any. Um, the, the, the short of it is is. Mm-hmm. He's proposing that any loot box, any loot box or microtransaction that is to prey upon children using, um, in a, a, at all, to, to prey upon children at all, um, to exploit uh, underage gambling uh, is illegal. That, that that that's the short of it. Um, now there's a couple issues with, uh. There's a couple of points to talk about with this kind of thing. So, okay. yes, like you brought like you brought up earlier, is government intervention intervention here necessary? And what would it do if it did happen? Or effective um, is my question. They tried to legislate right. Mortal Kombat, they lost. They tried to legislate Doom, they lost. I mean, the, it, it, they never win these battles. Uh, and right. even though you and I both hate loot boxes and preying on people uh, again i you know I, I have to agree with the what's good games girls on this one in that this is again a parenting issue when it comes to kids i mean kids have credit cards with unlimited access to funds you know if they're in a single parent home or or orphans and improper you know uh responsibility of the state that's one thing but you know i'm not sure the government let's put it this way even if the government's heart is in the right place here Eth, i'm not sure they're the effective ones to take care of it especially when you see how, the, how much backlash there was to ea with battlefront to the point where like the main talking point of jedi fallen order isn't the cool single player campaign or the graphics or the motion capture it's no loot boxes no microtransactions like that's their main it's like when jj abrams was doing force awakens and was trying to get people back after the prequels and was like real sets practical effects you know they just kept saying it over and over again that's like what it is with jedi fallen order no microtransactions yeah. no loot boxes so the public pressure is having an effect and the fact that you know 
games like Destiny where you don't have to spend a lot of money if you don't want to. In Borderlands, you don't have to spend a lot of money if you don't want to. You know, even Overwatch and games like that, you don't have to spend a, mon- a lot of money to have fun if you don't want to. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. So you, the, that perspective is very valid, right? It, it, to, to me, this bill can't possibly harm... No the gaming that you and I enjoy. And to me, all it does is possibly encourage the, the lessening and phasing out of microtransactions in the forceful way that it is today. If this bill were to be passed in, I don't know, the next 10 years. Um, Cause you know, that's how long passing it, bills it, takes. Can, um, can I tell you what I want? I just want a closing of the loophole. I want all gambling laws that apply to other forms of online gambling and casino gambling, i.e. you must be 18 or older in some cases, or 21 or older in some cases. I want those to apply strictly to video games. Beyond that, when it comes to paying for things, digital things, I mean, we pay for digital things all the time. People pay for apps. Mm-hmm. It, that's what this, this world has become. And so right. it's just like if, you're, if your kid's playing Hearthstone and drops $1,500, like, you are responsible for that. I'm sorry. Yeah. My parents hey. would never let me get away. I mean, I, I never had a credit card till college, and even then it was, like, for emergencies only because I wasn't near home. I mean, honestly. Right. And... and, and- yeah, that's the thing with this situation is, is like, on one hand, yeah, it can't. It, it, and we're biased it's, it's a little never, bit here it's, too, Etho, because it's, you and it's, I come never, from you and I come from two parent homes where our parents are very much were looking over us when we were growing up. You know, I, I, right. it, that's not everybody, but it's hard to talk and not outside of experience. I, I know that. The art, let's put it this way you and I growing up when it comes to our families and our parents closeness is more similar than it is different but not everyone has that experience I suppose right and and it, the, here's the thing right it's just it, on, on, on one hand it can't possibly harm what you and I enjoy on the other hand it's never good to let the government in on like these type of things but it this isn't a big brother issue for me. I just don't think they can yeah. do this effectively. I think they should set guide. They should set some hard rules, like I said, at the extremes. Anything that would be illegal in any other gambling situation should be illegal here or monitored. But outside of that, there should be this. This should be more like a UN resolution because Ethan, again, the pressure of the people with Battlefront Two was way more effective than anything politicians have done to date. So you know, I think mm-hmm. we should be encouraging citizen action. And, you know, that, that should be part of a politician's job is not just passing legislation, but passing, you know, like like mission statements and visions about what they want. But people have to do it themselves. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I don't want to get too political, but I always say Barack Obama's only major flaw, but it was a huge one, was he had such optimistic belief in the power of people, the average person, American, to do the right thing in most cases. And he was wrong about that, unfortunately. Um, he had too much confidence in people. So I'm not saying the government shouldn't intervene, but to be effective, we, we can't rely on the government. We need to have those backlashes like EA did with Battlefront 2, right? Right. Yeah. And, and, like, I think that, I think I agree with you there. Like, the mentality needs to shift from, the, the, the mentality just needs to change. Like, like, 
the, the big corp EA and Activision have had their biggest stock drops in such a long time that this should send shockwaves to their biggest plans to, to say, this is not acceptable anymore. We can't do this anymore. We can't keep promising all of the money in the world to these investors. Right. And expect to get away with this crap. Well, and there, there's a positivistic pro-capitalist argument towards the companies. Be like, oh, look at Destiny and products like that. People are spending that much money, but they're adults and they know what they're spending. It, they're still spending a lot of money, you know? Like DLCs are still making a lot of money on, on products that aren't just trying to steal from people. I mean, you know, to reduce the stealing factor, it, it's that that part would seem easy. I would be in support of government, uh, again, on the extreme cases. And, and, and they did try to do that. Mm-hmm. And that was Anthem. And it failed. Right. <laughs> but they had um, Apex. They had Apex up their backs. I can't wait till we get that story, man. There's an amazing story, maybe a full book, uh, about the dual releases of Apex and, and Anthem and how that went down. That could not have been EA's plan. They were one for two, but they did really well with the one. And maybe Anthem will come around like No Man's Sky or whatever. But um, that, that, that don't you agree? That would be an interesting behind the scenes. So I think it would be at least a chapter or two in Schreier, a Schreier book. It would be really interesting. Yeah, they, for Blood, Sweat, and Pixels too. Uh, definitely for No Man's Sky. I really want to hear the No Man's Sky story. Well, especially because I didn't know who Respawn was. I thought Titanfall Two was cool the much I played it, and no people liked it. And then I was like, oh. Apex, oh, Jedi Fallen Order. Okay, now I'm researching this company. Okay, now this is interesting. It will be more interesting if they kill it with Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. But anyways, do you even... Uh, um, the uh, the senator... I mean, you, you don't even remember where they're from, but like... Do you Michigan or something? I don't yeah. know. I think what's going to happen is what always happens with legislation like this, which is they're going to talk a huge game, and then there's going to be a compromise that's going to be 70% in favor of the industry and 30% in favor of the government. But if that 30% helps protect kids in truly predatory situations, but honestly, we need to be protecting kids from guns and we're not doing that, Ethan. So why don't we start with no school shootings first and then move on to loot boxes, right? I I mean, am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. However, we we exist in a world where this shit is how this shit goes. No, like, no, that no, no. That's that's bullshit. Because every other country that is similar economically to us in the in the world it does not have a, a problem of school shootings, synagogue shootings, and church every, and, bombs, and, and, and so every, forth. And every other country Sorry. in the world didn't have an amendment coming out of its fucking revolution saying everybody can have a fucking gun, and then you know the NRA. So yeah. And no, and no other country in the world has political gridlock quite like we do. So yeah, people don't realize That's how these things go. England doesn't have a constitution. Not only does England not have a constitution, they haven't had one in four hundred years since William of Orange, who we've talked about in relation to Civ, who was the first semi-democratic leader of England four hundred years ago, who's actually from the Netherlands. But anyways. They've never had a constitution, and they're proud of it. And they can overturn literally anything with two-thirds of parliament. So, 
you know, it's like, it, even if they had an old gun law that everyone hated, they don't need to do three quarters votes in every single state to amend the Constitution. They just need a two thirds vote. The parliament, boom, guns illegal. Not even cops carry guns in England. It's amazing. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't write, I don't write this stuff. I don't dictate this stuff. I'm just, yeah, I mean, you don't have to comment politically, but you can at least, as an outside observer, admit that as horrible as loot boxes are, the government has been so deficient in more important areas, like the environment, healthcare, and guns. That's an education. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I've seen the schools, Ethan. I've seen the Philadelphia schools. I've seen your school. I've seen Central. I've seen all the supposed good schools. This education in this country is a disaster compared to European countries. I'm sorry. It's just the case. But that's like me saying, hey, you know, you know, I don't really think global warming is that big of an issue because I think the space debris in space that's literally trapping the planet and debris so we can't fucking get out of it is not is a bigger issue than global warming. So we shouldn't pay attention to global warming. That's what that like. Okay. It, 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 it's an on argument. Okay. An issue is still an issue, no matter well, how. Speaking small of a non-argument, we're off the original argument, which is: what do you think the government's role should be in this situation? And then we'll move on to a couple quick hits, and we'll close up. I think it should be exactly as Belgium does it, which is they should ban them. I don't think loot boxes should be in gaming at all. Mm-hmm. Period. You should not be able to pay money for something that you already paid for. I sorry, no. Like we, we've, and, and I've said people before, buy lottery tickets rather, though. That you'd have to ban lottery tickets if you completely ban loot boxes. Which I, which I would be ban, in favor they ban, of. They ban loot boxes and video games. Right, but what I'm saying is, if you are an adult games. and you consentingly do the the equivalent of slot machines via your video game to hope to get something good and end up losing tons of money, that's what happens in casinos. Every night, all over the country with people, and happens with lottery tickets every day, millions of times a day with Americans who think they're going to hit it big. So that's not illegal. You can't completely make that illegal online. I hate to be the legalist, you know, and free market person here, but... Except here's the difference. Here's the difference. Mm -hmm. Video games are are under entertainment, and gambling is under gambling. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. Unless... There's a permanent thing, and, and, and unless we de- determine that video games are all ge- is a gambling first, then a, then an entertainment, we can have that discussion. But you and I both know that video games are for entertainment and fun, not for gambling. They aren't, and I'm sorry, and, and like, like like because of the gambling practices that are in video games, we are in a situation where years later, down the line. Microtransactions are filled to the brim in games where a Star Wars game is ruined. We get to the point where Activision and EA are laying off over hundreds of people. Hundreds of people are losing their jobs because they are throwing these people into the fire to sacrifice because their fucking stock dropped and they grew too fast because of these fucking microtransactions. Okay. I'm sorry. It has no place in my game. I don't care. Like, like... I, as much as anybody else, enjoys the idea of paying for a costume for my character that is locked behind a paywall. Can but I, guess what? Yeah. I would rather be able to – I would rather grind 500 hours and unlock that costume than pay $10 for it. I don't fucking care how long it takes. I'd rather that be the situation. Okay. 
We take away content. I, we I, take I, away our fun and enjoyment. Go ahead. But like, I played Hearthstone for a while, and I bought digital packs, and then I said, "Okay, I'm not enough spending money on this thing. I'm not interested anymore," and I moved on. I'm not sure how buying digital packs and not sure what you're getting and something like Hearthstone is any different than buying Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon. In that case, that would have to be illegal too, which is crazy. The, the key is kids under 18 regulation. That's the key here. And once you're over 18, it's, it's if you know what you're getting into, and that's the other thing. So the two main things, Ethan, in my opinion, it's very simple. Under 18, totally illegal. You're in, uh, no matter how de- defunct their parents are, you still can't try and rob kids. That's illegal. One. Two, sure. people over 18 can do it and they can gamble as crazily as they want online, but they the odds in the rules must be clear. Like, it, it seems like people never hit it big with slot machines, but there is a book somewhere in the hands of government that's, that has exactly what the odds of that slot machines are. And if you ask and you inquire, you can get the supposed odds of that slot machine or whatever. So that should be totally clear. If I buy a digital pack, if I buy 10 digital packs for $30 on Heart- on Blizzard's website for Hearthstone, what are the chances I'm going to get X, Y, and Z? I know for sure with Star Wars Destiny that they do that. And that's how they've maintained loyalty is, is by saying you're going to get pretty, a decent amount of rares and uncommons if you buy enough packs. Magic seems to do it too, man. I can't speak for P- Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and so if, and, and if the I, physical I'm card totally games can do it, then they should be able to do it online but this is the problem ethan is now we are already in nerd speak that most government members who are even way older than my old ass have no idea what we're talking about and that's what worries me right and here's the thing card games and card games and digital card games are like the furthest from the scummy microtransaction that i'm talking about right now like the 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 thing that concerns me the thing that irks me so much is even more than the pay to win bullshit, right? Is the fact that for a fucking dollar right now, I can go into Black Ops 4 and buy the red dot reticle, the dumbass thing that everybody right. puts on their fucking gun I know. to shoot. They took it out of the game and then make you pay a dollar for it. Play Destiny 2. Play game. Destiny 2. I paid $20 for 40 hours. I haven't paid a cent more, Ethan. And I could have been playing way more than 40 hours other than I'm on an extended break from console and video games in general on purpose. But I, I will get back there again, at least another 40 hours on that $20. And you know what? I'm getting sick guns all the time. And every time I think I've gotten the sickest gun, I get another awesome sick gun. Guess what? No money spent, you know? I mean... And- that's the other thing, man. Sorry, if you're an adult and you don't know that video games get cheaper one to two years after release, like, read a book. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm with you with first adopter shit. Like, I'm going to get The Last of Us Part Two. you know, pre-order. Uh, I mean, essentially. I mean, I'm going to download The Last of Us Part Two the day it is released. You know, normally I don't do that stuff. Uh, but I, I pick my battles and, you know, I didn't even wait a full year on Horizon. I waited eight months and I got the full complete edition for like $25. I, I, it, it, it just amazes me, like, 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 like how much, like, there's so much filth of this crap everywhere in this game industry. It's, it's everywhere. 
from Shadow, uh, like Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor. I know the Lord of the Rings oh, really pisses. That's the thing, dude. Star Wars and Lord of the Rings gets people really mad. You know, Battlefront Two and and the Shadow of War got people really fucking pissed. That's what gets people mad. And Lucasfilm is taking control of it now that Amazon has Lord of the Rings for the e- extended future. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the license works out. But yeah, dude. I mean, Shadow of Mordor was a fun game. Shadow of War was a blatant cash grab. I can't, dude. But uh, Warner Brothers. I, I keep hearing from Sterling and other people that I trust that Warner Brothers, in all levels, fi- including film, especially video games, is awful, awful, awful. Yep. Other than Batman v Superman yep. and Suicide Squad, two of the best films of all time. <laughs> Did you hear about uh, uh We've got Infinity War and Black Panther. What do you got, DC? They got Wonder Woman, I'll give you that. Did you did you see the Star Trek Picard trailer? Yes, can we finish the TV and film talk? I'm done with uh, video games. Let me, let me just let me just see. No, I'm calling uh, it. We've already been ninety minutes. I'm calling it. The, Oh, the, I, just, I, just wa- I just wanted to quickly throw the uh, okay. The uh, what was it? Uh, who uh, the world? Uh, the whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, they they, they, they the, the the World Medical Council or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, the World Health Organization. There we go. Uh, they they uh, there was a, there was a lot of talk uh, last year that they were going to put gaming disorder in as an official disease, and they have passed nonsense. it. Nonsense! It's nonsense. Is, uh, it's it's a bunch of bullshit. Total, um, total not. We've already have psychological conditions for obsessive compulsive, like how people choose their outlet for obsessive compulsive or whatever you want to call it. It, 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 it. It's a subclass of a larger yeah. problem. It's so stupid, but this is, exa- this is why I don't like the legislation of video games, man. It's like, here's the thing. If I were a parent of young kids in the nineties <clears throat> and you look at the Sega mortal Kombat case from console wars and you look at the doom Wolfenstein case with Columbine and masters of doom, right? I mean, that was a big part of both books that we talked about. If I was a parent, maybe I would have a different view, but as a kid that grew up during that time, playing those games and very well adjusted with no violent tendencies, and I still have I have less than zero violent tendencies in real life and still like playing Doom. My dad's a psychologist. He doesn't like to make bold predictions about this stuff, but he very strongly feels like violence and violent, in real life and in video games is totally correlational and not causational. He sees no evidence in his entire career that video games cause it. It's always because of a broken home of violent father violent friends or just a psychopathic personality like we saw the shooting in florida for example um so uh, yeah and so again the government being involved in important social issues involving kids i would just focus on health care let's get them health care let's get that violence out of the schools let's get them a better education that's you know i I guess that's where i would like to see the, the the focus ultimately Yep. Sorry, that was a lot of preaching. I apologize, people. It's it's fine. It a lot a lot of bullshit. But I, I just wanted to put it out there as like this is the world we live in where the, like this bullshit is what's taking precedence. Really, guys. Like, come on now. All right, buddy. Let's send on some pop culture stuff because I'm really hankering. Uh, it's been a while since I've had my computer and mic back. I did a Daredevil commentary with my dad. I've done some Avengers stuff. 
Um, so we, I, I guess this started because I was dissing Warner Brothers slash DC for being so inferior to Disney slash Marvel, despite all my problems with Marvel. And even though I like Wonder Woman, uh, nevertheless, it's it's pretty glaring. And now with Disney Plus, man, I mean, the thing is, as mediocre as the CW DC shows were before, they were still better than the ABC Marvel shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and so forth. But now with like adult you know sam and bucky wandavision loki etc shows on disney plus they have no chance of succeeding uh i think there's fireworks here um they've 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 no chance of succeeding uh do you uh are you in denial about disney plus or have you accepted your disney overlords and ready to pay 6.99 upon day of release like the rest of us are going to I probably won't buy it, but I'm in support of it. Yeah, no one's buying it. You know, everyone's taking a principled stand against it, and then all of a sudden there's going to be all these Star Wars and Marvel shows and no movies. They're going to be like, wait a minute, we have to buy this thing. <laughs> Dude, there's literally, as of now, there is no Star Wars movie between this Christmas and Christmas of 2022. So now for the next three and a half years, we have exactly one Star Wars movie. Everything's on television. And while Marvel's going to keep pumping out movies, people obviously love the uh, older Avengers like Sam Wilson and Bucky and Wanda, you know, Scarlet Witch and so forth. And Loki, that's why they're putting them on television. Um, Are you cool with this move to TV? Of properties Uh, of properties like uh, like Marvel and Star Wars that have traditionally been mostly in movies and mostly pretty good the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think their plan should be two movies and all these TV shows a year rather than three or four movies every year. I feel like that's a better plan. Well, Star Wars has been doing one a year at most, and now it's taking it's going to do one every two to two and a half years going forward. I, I think what's interesting to me, man, is I always saw Star Wars as purely a film medium, but their shows are much more high profile and much more interesting at the moment and include released date titles like The Mandalorian. And I still think The Clone Wars, even though they haven't announced it, will be on or near release date. The Marvel shows are still very, shows are very much in pre-production. Uh, it's interesting that Star Wars is, is already beating Marvel at its own game. And there is a lot of competition between the studios. And I think that's that's a positive for them. Uh, this, like we talk about with the video game studios. Um, but dude, speaking of legislating, people are like, oh, Disney's a monopoly because they have all these high grossing movies to which you and I have talked about this. And I keep saying the, the reason they have eight of the 10 best movies every year is because they make eight of the 10 best movies every year, not because they're releasing 80% of the films like Fox, Paramount, Universal, like they're all trying to release as many movies as Disney. So, so I, I don't know how you punish Disney for quality in, in, in terms of critical reception and, and commercial reception thoughts. I think Disney's getting there, but they're not there yet. Certainly, I mean definitely the quality thing. But do but, you like, them, do you them, them buying yeah. them buying Fox, uh, interactive or whatever the fuck it was called? It's problematic. Uh, it's definitely problematic. It's definitely problematic, and I yeah. like. I th- I think when they move for the next studio, that's the when we though. should. I th- I think when they move for the next studio, that's when they should. Uh, I think that's when we should be a little concerned. But uh, right now, I mean. They have how many franchises do they have under their belt right now? 
Well, here's here's what I want to ask you. Every 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 nerd yeah. franchise under the sun. So like, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to break it down. And you tell me if if you if you consider these sort of separate in your minds. You got Lucasfilm. You got Marvel. Uh, we got Fox. That's a huge thing. So we'll leave that aside. We got Pixar. We have uh, Disney animated classics, which they haven't made forever because now they have the live action versions of Aladdin in the Jungle Book, which nobody really wants, but they keep making anyways in The Lion King. Uh, they should go back to 2D animation. Like in the 90s, these movies that they're now copying just make more animated movies. They haven't made traditional animated movies because, dude, they own Miyazaki and they own all the Miyazaki films uh, before and they own all the Miyazaki. So they're using the, the classic Japanese 2D animation, which is very smart. So they own that as well. In fact, there's a, um, a Studio Ghibli uh, 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 merch store in San Francisco now that you can go to that's owned by Disney. Uh, that's all like Miyazaki shit. Um, Is Studio Ghibli owned by Disney? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know if it's full ownership or like a ton I of stock. In, well, I, dude, look into the store in San Francisco and who's running it, who owns it. You, you will see. You will see. Um, uh, and then you have, of course, Disney on television, and then you have the Disney theme parks. But like now, the Disney theme parks, like their biggest stuff is like Guardians of the Galaxy World, and then they have you know Galaxy's Edge, which is like literally a Star Wars subset of Disneyland that you could spend an entire week out without going to anything else. You go to the Cantina Bar, you go in the Falcon, you hang out. I mean, it's not something I would ever do, but it's going to make so much money, and it is Star Wars. So you have all of those things. For me, man, it's Star Wars and everything else. I mean, I, I want to give Marvel some credit for, for autonomy, but the, the, the constant lack of death in real adult themes in Marvel, it's hard for me to take it that much more seriously as much as I like the movies. Other than like the Winter Soldier and some of the, them, it still feels like Disney to me. To me, Lucasfilm still feels like Disney owns it, but Lucasfilm is Lucasfilm because they're putting out the darkest shit. I mean, The Last Jedi and Rogue One are darker than anything that's come out of Marvel or Disney, in my opinion. Um, and while I don't love Pixar movies, I understand why people do. And there's definitely a lot of heart and great writing behind them. And so it's not a company that like I want to defend irrationally, but I get shit all the time from my friends and contributors for being a Disney shell. But I look at the landscape and who is doing nostalgia better than Disney, like Baywatch, Terminator, a thousand and three, like, come on. Very emotional, very emotional. So emotional that Ethan muted himself and is probably walking away from the computer. Sorry, sorry, I was, I was trying to talk. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, and I did a quick research. No, they are not owned by Disney. Okay. Um, they are definitely licensed. It, 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 they definitely are distributed in this country by Disney film. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Studio Ghibli, like the Studio Ghibli thing being in San Francisco, that's not unique because there's a whole Japanese subculture in okay. San Francisco. I will as, research as this as and get back to you and the Bizzlecast listeners about it. Okay. Um, so I have to ask you, man, you're not a Game of Thrones person, but you know what? Is you being a not at all a Game of Thrones person, me not being a Game of Thrones person for a few years up until the finale, we have more perspective, which is that fans being disappointed with the final season and final episode of something as hyped, overhyped as Game of Thrones, Ethan, has to go down as one of the most predictable happenings in the history of mankind, right? I mean, there's no way after eight seasons and all this buildup of nothingness that people weren't going to be disappointed. I think it's really interesting with Game of Thrones because you 
and I both know a ton of smart people who like the show, even though you and I aren't necessarily into it. Yeah, I mean, I can't comment on... You must know people, though. I, 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 I can't comment on the foundings of the show and whether the show is good or not. All I can say is I saw a scene while eating a hamburger... And then after seeing the scene, I was no longer interested in eating any food nor <laughs> another hamburger for yeah. a very long time. Yeah, it's that kind of so, show. So yeah. th- that, that, that was my experience with Game of Thrones. I'm not going to say what scene it was because it's kind of gross. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not... I'm sad people are disappointed. Uh... The reason I don't watch shows like that is just because I don't find the same fantasy or hype that I would get out of them. Like, I I, I feel like George R.R. Martin did a really good job with his world building. Great job. Amazing. It's just it's just it just did not translate into the films. Yep. Like Peter Jackson did with the original six L.O.T.R. movies. Like, yeah. And, and, and part, part of that was technology at the time. So, like, those movies still look great. Like, like it, 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 nothing helps world building more than having new technology to make your world look pretty. Uh, Star Wars is literally built upon that idea. So, yeah, but I, I think Game of Thrones lacked that just because, A, it was a TV series, so you have less look, production quality overall. Look, but Ethan... People don't study history, okay? Let me get let me let me let me fill you in on something, okay? There are eight seasons of Game of Thrones. How many Game of Thrones books are there? Do you know? Four, five. Coming up on five, five coming up on six. Do you know when the last, the most, the the fifth and final, as far as we know, uh, Game of Thrones Seven books? Seven years ago. 2011. You know what else happened in 2011? The first season of Game of Thrones. So, he immediately stopped writing the books. But this is the bigger problem, dude. Again, people don't study history. They don't want to know. Do you want to know when the first Game of Thrones book came out? I was shocked when I saw this. I can't believe how long ago it came out. 98? 96. Clash of Kings, 98. Storm of Swords, 2000. Okay? So, for a fantasy writer, if you're writing an epic book, you want one a year. If you're super epic, like Song of Ice and Fire, every two years. Nailed it. Then... He waited four, sorry, five years for Feast of Crows in 2005, and then six years for Book Five, A Dance of Dragons, in 2011, and then the show. So between 2000 and 2011, only two books. And guess what, man? The people I know who watch the show but swear by the books say the first three are amazing, and there's a huge drop off in the third and uh, fourth and fifth. And as someone who's read long fantasy series like The Wheel of Time, it's always the fourth or fifth book when it really falls off a cliff. I mean, it just constantly happens. And so, if you think that if you if you think about the fact that the the readers of the series haven't liked a book in this series since 2000, and we are almost in 2020. That that that's all you need to know. It, it's mm-hmm. it's no insult on George R. R. Martin, and I respect his decision to leave writing books to work on the show because that's clearly where the money was and the popularity. And I'm never gonna insult anyone for that. But the fact that the third and final of the really good Game of Thrones books was written in 2000, this guy is yesterday's news, man. This guy's yesterday's news, 
And there was a great article on the Nerdist about all the fantasy series that I grew up reading for the most part, and some that I haven't, uh, that not only could replace Game of Thrones, but ultimately be way more interesting, including The Wheel of Time, including The Dark Tower by Stephen King, uh, the Dark Materials we are already getting on Amazon, uh, on Amazon or the mainstream, which looks amazing. Oh no, HBO, um, The Witcher we are getting, dude, with Henry Cavill, man. We're, we never talked about this. We're getting The Witcher on Netflix. Geralt of Rivia, Henry Cavill, I love it. Vampire Chronicles. Uh, so, uh, I mean, th- there are other great books. I've read the first Game of Thrones book. It's not amazing, but if it goes downhill from there. This is just an overrated property, man. And to go back to what you were saying, I agree. The world building is second to none in Game of Thrones. That's why the games and the, everything around Game of Thrones is awesome. I mean, even the trashy um, Telltale Game of Thrones game was fun because of the world building. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think people people deluded themselves in this one a little bit. Yeah. I, I- and, and listen, I can't, I can't critique it either because I haven't watched or read the books, so it's it's it, it, it's hard in that regard, right? When you're you're an outsider that to that degree. Well, but you, um, you, but you're. It's like with PlayStation what? games. You, you, you always say that. You're like, oh, well, I haven't played all those PlayStation games, so I can't comment. But like your lack of playing them and interest is making a comment. Like your lack of even trying well, the Game I'm, of Thrones is I'm making inter- a comment. I'm, I'm interested in Kingdom Hearts, right? <laughs> but, but I so have, you are I a Disney money, shell, is what you're saying. I don't have the money nor the interest to play that right now. If you like Kingdom Hearts, you're a bigger Disney shell than I am. I'm saying it right now. I also know nothing about Final Fantasy, and that game is Final Fantasy plus Disney. So, like, yeah, like, like th- th- that's the point. Is is me me say i don't have a comment is i don't want to unfairly judge something yeah when i am i have not experienced it in some format sure right right that's why which is why i can call anime bullshit because i've experienced many 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 hours of anime bullshit so i can comment on it and you haven't experienced any modern anime I think part of the reason I'm so cool with almost everything Disney does is that anime is like mainstream big budget anime is so much cheesier and hard to take. It makes Disney seem very mature and restrained in in, uh, in comparison. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, man. There is certainly some... Uh, not fit for all viewer anime out there. Oh, no, also dude, I'm I'm literally reading yeah. Ghost in the Shell Man Machine Interface, which was like the the official manga sequel to the original Ghost in the Shell by right, Masamune. The only anime I've ever heard you talk about. Is I would never show this to Ghost my. That's because it's the smartest. Which is very false because you've never watched Brotherhood. It's the smartest that I've seen. Uh, okay, it, that's fair. How about you go watch Brotherhood and come back, and you can you can keep talking. Sure, tell me where to watch it. I'll watch it. Netflix. It's all, it's all Netflix. Brotherhood. Yeah. Okay. Guys, don't don't fall for Ethan's uh, false protestations here, because he will do this 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 thing that like an after the fact thing where he gives me a hard time for not doing something that I've never heard about literally. And then he acts like he's talked a ton about it. Like I already false. False. 
I give you a hard time when you make comments about things that I feel you haven't experienced. If I haven't experienced them, I say I haven't experienced them. Brotherhood. Okay, here's Full Metal Alchemist, which I need. Uh, There's the original on Netflix, and then there's Brotherhood. You want to watch Brotherhood, and the dub is very good, so go ahead and watch the dub if you want. Oh, Oh, okay. No, I I would rather not the dub, uh, but I don't know what we're going to get. The dub is very good. Have you watched the Ip Man movies? It meant, no, I've not. Donnie Yen, dude, you gotta watch it, man. You got, you're gonna be like, everyone stole from this movie. It's spectacular. It's spectacular. I'll look it up. But here, this is the problem, though. The problem is the word anime when referring to adult Japanese 2D animation versus like teenagey stuff. There needs to be separate terms. I'm sure there is, but like. When I call something like Ghost in the Shell or Genlock anime, like it almost feels insulting because it's in such a different class and meant specifically for grown-ups. Like you can't show Ghost in the Shell TV show or movie with any comprehension to to a kid. Maybe it's a smart fifteen or sixteen year old. Well, there's th- that. That's why that's why Ghost in the Shell is considered a classic, and every and all thirty two shows that show up in one season are not considered classics right like well no i think i i honestly think what goes in the shell accomplished that's so impressive is the original movie even without all the remasters is a classic and yet the two seasons of television the original two seasons of standalone complex television were even better and more interesting it's almost of this like breaking bad imagine it's like if breaking bad had originally been a movie that everyone thought was great uh, and then the Breaking Bad series came out, and they're like, "Oh, this is really great." Um, that, that you know, that that's to me what what's ultimately impressive about it. But I, I love two D animation, man. Like, I don't care if it's called anime or not. Like, I would watch this shit all day over Pixar stuff. The the three D shit, I don't understand. And dude, dude and I have talked about people aren't watching three D movies, you know, three D theaters, and so I, I don't know Such why. Such a dumb gimmick. It's so dumb. Yeah, it was nice to it see. It was cool for Avatar, and then it was just. Bleh. I was gonna say it was nice to see Avengers at least domestically be Avatar. It was was very nice with no. Th- yeah, with but that was 3D. expected. Like, I would have loved to have seen it like be number one worldwide. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Well, uh, Avatar I, two. <laughs> so what? what, what, what I can't, I can't. Yeah. So what's really interesting is now that Disney is pulling all of its properties back for Disney Plus, and it's got Hulu on lockdown, which it's been slowly buying up for years. I knew they would buy it. And they eventually did. That's where Deadpool and Logan and all those shows are going to be. Oh, we got to talk about uh, Picard. I'll go there in one sec. It's funny though that the last major Disney series that is going to run on Netflix is Jessica Jones season three, which I think is going to be amazing even though i didn't like the second one i think three is going to be great it's just going to be such a fucking cock tease for netflix because they're immediately going over 
to uh to disney at at hulu with the more adult content would be would be my guess with the the the, the more popular defenders like her maybe daredevil maybe iron fist um uh it's so uh, yeah i do not know netflix is going to lose so much content without disney they already are i mean they almost have nothing when you take away all all of disney's properties and that's why i predicted disney was going to do half price of everyone else at 6599 6, it was for this exact reason i'm not saying it's good for business but if i were running disney that is exactly exactly what, what i would do yeah, especially with Netflix starting to charge people for additional accounts, like like people sign on to one account, like that's just like, I don't even know why Netflix is trying to do that with Disney Plus. So, so with anime, you've got um, rooster, uh, rooster Teeth, but you've obviously got um, what's the big one? It's been around um, Crunchyroll. Yeah, for 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 Crunchyroll is a platform. Um, Rooster Teeth has only has two animated stu- uh, two American made anime original productions. Um, the the big the Funimation would be Funimation, uh, Funimation, F- Funimation would be the big the big name for uh anime. I mean, you know, personally, I wish. Look. Uh, let's not kid ourselves. Gemlock was not perfect and eight, eight episodes was not enough. However, I would love to see more money invested in that than stupid, <coughs> annoying, fake ass historical dramas on Netflix, which is like all they fucking do. Low budget, <laughs> fucking corny ass historical dramas or, you know, like rerunning CW shows yeah. or whatever. Well, they picked up Evangelion, so... that Which is great, which is great. I mean, them going after anime makes a lot of sense. I would not be surprised if Netflix makes a move for Rooster Teeth or something like that, honestly. I would not be shocked. Not a chance. Not a chance. I, I'm not, I'm not Roos- saying specifically Rooster, Rooster Teeth, but, but just, just the notion of bringing more anime prop. It's all about content, man. It's about and, br- and they do, bringing and, content. And, 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 in the past few years, they have been. They they have been making a move. They made um, Devilman Crybaby was last year's standout for anime pickups. Mm-hmm. Um, which and, and Devilman Crybaby was a it was an older anime, and they redid it, and it it was just uh, apparently it was fantastic. I haven't watched it yet, but apparently it was fantastic. Well. My final thought, because I'm I, before my subscription runs out, I'm rewatching the Gemlock series. I got one or two left in the rewatch. Is that Maisie Williams, little adorable Maisie Williams as Arya Stark, was easily my favorite and many people's favorite characters in Game of Thrones. One of the only good guy heroes you could root for from beginning to end, even though she was like 12 when it started. But she was Sean Bean's favorite daughter. She could fight with swords, and she's scrappy, and she survived all the way till the end. Spoiler alert, did Arya. Now she's literally sailing west into the sunset to explore the unknown world past Westeros, which is great as like a pirate. And she was definitely the best character as the 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 nerdy science chick in the green rabbit outfit and rooster teeth. I mean, it, it's kept the, her f bombs were so adorable and inappropriate. And so Maisie Williams 
God bless you to to win my heart and shows as diverse as Game of Thrones and Genlock uh, is very very impressive. Well, well done, young young woman. I'm excited to see where she goes. And Tenet was was spectacular. I thought in Genlock, I, I just I knew they were gonna kill him at some point, but the way, the way they made, they found to bring him back, spoilers in robotic form, was excellent. So um, yeah, what did you end up thinking of that series? And then we'll close out because that is one that we both watched cat picked up thor's hammer wait what sorry huh thor's hammer (laughs) sorry you said spoiler so i wanted to make a joke um (laughs) iron man died what huh um genlock was good i felt it was too short it was way too short it Um, needed to be at least 12 to 14 episodes but yeah but the same thing happened with ruby Ruby was short when it first the first season for this first volume. Um, Have we so, heard anything about about Genlock? Is there going to be even talk of the second season? There, uh, they usually do announcements for Rooster Teeth animation okay. at um, RTX, which is July. Um, it, it's their it's their own convention. It's Rooster Teeth convention. Um, so we'll we, we will hear announcements at the anime panel. Hmm. Or the animation panel for Rooster Teeth during our okay. Uh Save for Ruby. Um, that's your answer to that. I I thought the cast was great. Uh, Some I of the philosophical the was, talk was really good. There maybe wasn't enough of it. No, I thought they had it right. I I, I thought I thought it was perfect as an introduction to the show. Here's my issue with my number one issue mm-hmm. with the show is just they just don't do they don't power balance quite well enough in my opinion hmm. they I, I thought i thought um i thought what's his name jumping into the j- jumping into the holon suit because he was uh compatible enough but wasn't able to download back down or supposedly he's not able to download back down. And that that's where they left off with the show. I thought that was like a really good move and like the, the, the story sticking to like its ideals, but like, you know, then the little suits with the, the girlfriend, not girlfriend shooting, right. Um, that the alien mech and having it like be annoyed and staggered and so like, like that's just bullshit to me. Like it's clear that he's so powerful that five it, of them are fighting him at the same time yeah. and he's holding his own. Like like come on. Like, it, it it really please. Okay, two main thoughts and then I'll give you final thought. One is if you watch the so there's eight episodes of Genlock, right? If you watch the eight episodes of the first season of Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, it is almost exactly the same in terms of which episodes hit, which ones don't. It feeling very up and down. You're not sure where the story's going. But the difference is in episode nine out of twenty six in Ghost in the Shell season one, it really starts moving from there till the end. And so this was like a giant cocktease because it got to the point of where the good Ghost in the Shell series just start moving because there's lots of standalone episodes in the standalone complex until the plot episodes start really hitting. So that'd be my first observation. My other one is this felt like, you know, the Matrix trilogy, only in the sense of like, 
when it was hitting, it was really hitting and it was thrilling. And then there were times where I felt like a little stiff and unpredictable. But again, I think with a bunch more episodes, they would have worked through that. I don't know why with how short they were. They couldn't have done at least 12, 13 episodes, man. I, I, I agree with you. That That's very disappointing. It's it, It's more than likely they just felt like, hey... We're going to make this intro to the show. We're going to see if people like it. We're going to throw this out there. And if people don't like it, we're not going to make more of it. And that's how Rooster Teeth has always operated. But they, but with that um, cast and that amazing animation, they must have thought there was at least an above average chance, you know, that they people would like it. Absolutely. There's no question about the talent. It's But the way Rooster Teeth has always operated is they, they try out projects and if they don't succeed, they stop making it, right? right? And they make a little bit of it to get people invested. They don't put all of their time and effort into something that won't succeed. In addition, it's more than likely probable because Ruby was in the final season of its arc that they wanted to put more staff on finishing Ruby out for its arc uh, and, give, and, and then save money on Genlock that way. Also, it's possible that, you know, Great cast costs a lot of money. Well, I was going to say, Michael B. Jordan doesn't come on as executive producer without promise of a good amount of money. I'm not arguing against your Ruby theory, but there was a ton of money sunk into Genlock, and maybe it hit people the right way. Maybe it didn't, but there was definitely not a shorting of money. Michael B. Jordan, forget about the voice, to come on as a you know a lead executive producer in whatever role that 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 actually happened. But even by name, for him, he doesn't put his name on a ton of stuff. Um, you know, I mean, Fruitvale Station in this, and that was an you know an, an Oscar contender. So. Uh, and David Tennant doesn't just do any project. He doesn't. Yeah, you know? I know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think you and I agree. We want more. We wish there had been more in the first season, but if we get a second season where there's more and better, we will, we will be there. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Any other shouts out, shout, shouts out, shout outs, shout outs, shouts out. Uh, people say shout outs, but actually the correct English version is shouts out. Um, do you have any <laughs> for anything? Uh, super Games, excited books, for movies, television. Super excited for Destiny Grade. Yay! Awesome. I'll get there eventually, man. I'll get there eventually. Uh, hopefully, was, hopefully you get there. Hopefully you get there by the time Cross Save comes <laughs> into the play, so you could just move your save yeah. over to PC. And play with me. <laughs> I can make my save from PC. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Fair enough. So, okay, buddy. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was a great hanging day. Um, we got a good podcast out of it. Uh, anything coming up games wise? Oh, uh, really quickly about w- w- E3. Uh, w- w- what should we plan on on doing the E3 coverage? You think? After the event. I know. Um, when is it roughly? So it's. It's the 9th to the 11th, I want to say. Um, okay. Microsoft is on the the 9th. Microsoft is on the 9th. Nintendo is on the 11th. Okay. Bethesda is on the 9th. Square, Ubisoft are on the 10th. 
So it's probably just better if we just do a recap afterwards rather than trying to, yeah. I don't know, predict that Microsoft's going to win because they probably kind of are. Right. Well, that's, but, a, that's a few weeks uh-huh. off. And, yeah. and the, 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 the by far market share leader, Sony, is having nothing to do with this event. So it's really not that interesting. But maybe there will be some surprises. Well, we might get a state of play. We might. Who knows? Well, I told you, I thought they were going to drop a Last of Us trailer during Microsoft's presentation just as a fuck you. <laughs> and and th- th- that's what the state of play would do is they, yeah. they would throw out a video and be like, hey, guys, that's we're hilarious. still here. By the way, here's all those games that we showed off last year. Like, yeah. more than likely, that's what we'll get. Awesome. Um, awesome. If not, if not at E three, sometime soon after E three, they don't want. It, definitely before fall, we will get some announcement from Sony before fall because they want to let everybody know what's coming out this holiday season for people to buy. Um, that's just how. Like, if they don't do anything before the fall, I'll be very shocked. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for being on and. Uh... Hopefully next time I'll actually have had some time to play some video games so I can contribute more on that on that front. It's a little it's always quiet this time of year though, right? I mean, there's never Go never play some time. Dauntless. Oh, Dauntless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go play some well, Dauntless. We're, well, we're going to talk off mic about how to maximize the Dauntless experience while while it's yep. happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, there you go guys, play Dauntless and uh, don't trust anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. Oh, boxes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is going in the title somewhere of this thing. Uh, thank you, sir. Ethan, guys, check him out. Twitch, L underscore Fedorable. Uh, one of these days, we will get the vidcast going live on Twitch and so forth. Um, but for now, L underscore Fedorable is where to find him on Twitch. Thank you all for joining me. Coming back at you soon with very classy material. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out.